0: The CMXU Manager Check-In. Brought to you by KTM Canada, Husqvarna Canada, and Gas Gas Canada. Also brought to you by Race Tech and Charlie Johnson Racing. With your host, Ryan Gould.
1: Everybody, it's a little bit late this week because I'm on a vacation somewhere in the middle of Nova Scotia. And I well, I've kind of shit the bed because I've been enjoying my time, but I was able to track down the man on the line. But before we get into that, I want to give a shout out to KTM Canada, Gas Gas Canada, Husqvarna Canada, and of course, Race Tech Suspension Charlie Johnson Racing Suspension for supporting all the things that we do. Uh, and there's a good link in those titles and sponsors because the man on the line. Uh, runs the TLD Gas Gas SSR squad uh, and helped a real good man a real good human, a real good heart the semi-privateer hero years ago now on the team Danny Elmer on the podium the man behind that is this guy on the line Steve Sims. Steve, first of all thanks for your time and uh, I appreciate it man, thanks so much
0: Yeah, thanks for having us on and uh, it was a good weekend last weekend so it kind of works out
1: Oh well, I mean that's that's why I want to. You only get to get talked to me when you do good. That's how it works.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the downside to this sport. We only, <laughs> we only talk about the goods. We never get into the bad. Oh we shit! Speculate on the bad stuff.
1: Um, it's been a hell of a ride, Simzy. You're uh, you're doing kind of a, a bunch of different things now. Doing your own team. I read that post there, and I tell you, it. Um, again, uh, I did one last week with Brett, and I thought it was cool when Tanner got the podium. Uh, For Walton, seven, Cowie. And then in the podium, he's like, man, I feel so good. This is so cool. And then I see you guys last weekend. There's the hugging and the emotions. Uh, Just kind of give me your thought. I mean, we're going to talk about it more in depth, but like it had to feel pretty good. You're kind of like you were at the top of the spectrum when you were with OTSF and then you, you had to take a step away and you start your own team and. Man, that had to feel pretty damn fucking cool last weekend when Daniel did that. And the best part about it was, is he earned it. It wasn't given.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, we were used to podiums every weekend and most weekends with the OTSF Rockstar team, and um, it kind of became the norm. And then I, obviously when I started my own team, it was kind of be a building process to get to the podium, get to a level where you can be a podium team um and I'm just proud of everybody that's helped me and you know I've overcome some big stuff myself and my family so it's been nice to get rewarded with it um I think we got more to come but it was nice to finally touch that spot and know that we're we're just off of it some weekends and we're now there some weekends so uh, it was really good to ski- good to get it.
1: Yeah, like I said, the emotions uh, were pretty high and pretty cool all in one. Um, Let's take a little step back. Uh, You're a a racer yourself. You still race um, every once in a while, not as much as you probably want to nowadays. Um, But, you know, how did we get into the sport? How did you get to where we are? All that kind of stuff. Give me a little bit of Cole's notes to kind of get you to the moment where we're at right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, really, it started right out of uh, middle of high school, I guess, grade 10. Um, I had started riding in grade eight myself and then in ten, grade 10 I had to get a co-op and I went around all the local dealers and they just wanted floor sweepers and guys just to clean the place up and I was okay with that but I also wanted to get into the back and learn learn the mechanics of stuff and the only guy I could find that was going to allow me to do that was mr. Bill Burke uh, oh
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: and he took me under his wing and basically showed me everything and anything he could over the next, it was pretty much 10, 15 years. Um, I would go to to school in the morning, go to co-op, stay there till midnight, one o'clock, get up, go to school. Um, And then one of the semesters I had uh, co-op in the morning. So I'd go in the morning, go there, work, (laughs) go back at lunchtime, go to school for two periods and then go back and work till midnight. Um, so it was kind of That's where it came from And then from there He was obviously helping Back then A lot of guys um, Joel Saritz And those guys So I ended up On the tour With Joel Saritz Early on Back in I want to say That was 03
1: Joel Saritz Number uh, He would have been Number 19 that's na- where it started Number 19 Honestly, that year Number 19
0: 19 Yeah um, So we kind of I was with The Amaha days with him I did some of the Suzuki days With Lightning Power Sports um, and then from there, I kind of went into Andre with the OTSF, which was Suzuki back then in 05. Um, from there, I went um, with Tyler from, I think it was 05 to the end of 08. And then I kind of took a step back, did my own stuff, worked in my own shop. And then in 2014, I went back with OTSF, which was then Yamaha, um, and worked basically with them uh from 14 to uh 20 when did they close 21
1: 21 yeah
0: um when they shut down when rockstar pulled out and regrouped everything in canada that was kind of the end of it so uh, it was bittersweet i've got a lot of years traveling across the country and i just felt like i wanted to do my own thing and that was the chance to do it at that time
1: I think the cool thing that I can read into that and obviously I know the story probably better than most or, or closer to it because that's just what we do and what I am and you have a, a passion that keeps you driving to the sport, right? Like it kind of sucks and it's kind of amazing in the same breath, right? Because you're like, man, I should just go work over this way and get paid $40 an hour or $50 an hour, or 40 hours a week. But there's something about the sport that just keeps sucking you back in. Eh? It's, um, it's a hell of a drug.
0: It, I mean, it's 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 definitely bittersweet. I mean, right? <laughs> if I put the hours in anywhere else that I've put in the motocross since the early two thousands. I'd probably have a couple million dollars in my bank account, but um, <laughs> the love of the sport gets me every year. And, uh, I don't really don't know. I'll keep doing it till I don't enjoy it. And, um, at that point, I'll step back and stay home. But at this point, we're gonna keep moving forward.
1: I love it. And again, like you said, you wear your heart on your sleeve. And I think that's one cool thing for people that are going to listen to this, talking and learning about the story of where you are today. Um, you do it for the right reasons. You do it because you love it. It's not this money-making scheme. You don't have some sort of secret antidote that's going to be like, oh, yeah, we got a bunch of money, and I get to keep the bikes and sell everything, and blah, blah, blah. It's a, it's this passion over paycheck type attitude. Um, in the post that you shared there, um, when you decided to start the TLD Gas Gas SSR thing, um, you had a lot of people that uh, like it. Kind of, you said that they were against or said, "What? What? What the hell are you doing? What the fuck is wrong with you?" How did you put that to the side? Like, how did you like? You know what you were doing? Like, did was it was it your mom? I know you, uh, Right in that time frame, uh, your father was kind of passing away, and there was some emotions there. And like, how do you how do you overcome? The people that are close to you going, you're dumb, dude. Don't do that. And but you know, and then on this weekend, obviously it, obviously you want to win championships. That's a, you know, the goal of every team. But this weekend just makes everything worthwhile because of the feelings, the emotions, the highs, and everything that paid off. How do you, how do you put all that sort of aside? Of like, yeah, well, you know, and I know you guys are probably making sense right now, but I just feel something.
0: Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I guess that's one of the things that have kept me in the sport is just, I guess my strong will. And when I put my head down, I've figured stuff out. I've looked at ways to do it. I guess it, in a way, I calculate the risk of it. And if I believe I can do it, I put my heart into it and that's where I go. And, you know, um, like <laughs> I went to my mom and she was like, you're nuts. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Um, and she's like how are you gonna do this and i sat down and we started going over things and tld got on board gas gas came in and that was kind of uh, one was on the other was in so that kind of worked out and from there i reached out you know to all the old otsf sponsors and that's where i felt like it was you know over the years i can't thank andre enough you know he let me run the program and I had that contact with everybody I touched base with him, he was good he's like nope I'm done, if you can do it go for it so I touched base with all the sponsors and I knew that either I could do it that year or it was over because as soon as you drop those sponsors you're a never ending battle just to find a little bit back from them Um, just what's the demand for sponsors Yeah. so I quickly got on with everybody and I would say probably 95% of them stayed on board um, we just swapped products from Yamahas to Gas Gas, so, um, that's where it went, and from there I've just worked on trying to build it, learn the bikes, um, and just kind of go from there, so I just, I guess the biggest thing is you got to believe in yourself and have a plan, you know, you can't just jump into things, I mean, you did it with AMO, you knew what you wanted to do, and you're driving in Ontario now, the driving force behind amateur racing there, so, um you just gotta go for it some days and believe you know what you're doing
1: the whole Larry and Teicher thing of saying just send it really comes in effect eh like, this guy in, <laughs> yeah, de- in denim right. clothes in denim clothes comes up with the best tagline just send it go for it
0: <laughs> yeah um, you gotta but I mean you gotta also understand the risks behind it and what you can do and um, I run within what I can run and money wise and that's where I stand that's where you know my program is a little bit different but I wanna make it keep going for the riders. You know, it, it's not as much for me to have a job. I can stay home and make more at home just working half a week in my shop, but um, I do it to give the riders a spot. I give it, you know, it's it's more than just for me. It's it's for the group of riders that can ride for me and kind of display what they have. And either you know, if my ultimate goal is obviously to win championships. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Derek Schuster had a box and you know, look at him now he's running up titles left right and center yeah um so you just got to kind of build and go and believe that what you're doing is what you can do but keep
1: moving forward uh before i I was gonna then my next thing was gonna get into the current situation of the team and the riders stuff but i kind of want to go to a bank on what you're saying of just the fact of the way that you run your team it's it's quite a bit different, but if you look from the outside in, like if you come to a Canadian National and you look over at the Gas Gas or the KTM or the GDR rig, yes, they've got a big rig. But the professionalism, whether it's the graphics, the gear, the team look, the camaraderie, mechanics—there's a lot of similarities from the from the you know the naked eye kind of thing. Um, but you run your thing a way different. I did an interview with Daniel last week. Um, by the way, I'll, I'll, I'll take. Pre- uh, you know the the all the reason why I got the podium is because he did the interview with me. Um, <laughs> but he said he's like, yeah, we're sleeping on the road, and your and your mom's making dinner, and we're like this family. I and I've shared this with you before, off of uh, the phone and recordings. I really think that the way that you do it is the correct way in Canada because we don't sell so many bikes, we don't sell so much gear, we aren't that big, all those kinds of things, and. You know, you've really found with with Sam Gaynor and Daniel, like this home thing, like that's the way that racing began. That's where you started racing. That's where I started racing and, and Ryan Lockhart and even Ken Ken just going to the track and having barbecues and living in a trailer, you know, not worried about hotels or rental cars and all this kinds of things. And yes, you had that when you were in OTSF, but this sort of grounded version of what you have to me, it's, it's very attractive. Now. Looking at it like that, yes, it's attractive. You may not get Dylan Wright, but you can get Daniel Elmore. Is that what you want? Like, do you want the Daniel Almores of the world? Or would you rather have the Dylan Wrights that can win your championships? But with that comes that, you know, not, not to talk shit on Dylan, but, you know, whether it's a hotel room or whatever, you know, I mean, that the amenities that the higher-end racer needs.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's winning championships is nice but I mean buying a rider to win isn't always that, that a lot of ups and downs of bad stuff comes with it I mean it's expected there becomes a lot of money on that side of it and things can hit the fan really quick so it's always nice when you can find riders that you know aren't looking for huge money are looking to improve you can improve with them it I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like it's more gratifying that way than it is just to go out and here's my $100,000. Let's go try and win a championship. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, in saying that, I also run a program on <laughs> less than some riders' salaries out here. So it's, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, there's nice things about having a lot of money to run a team on. I've I've been on that side of it i've flown in and out of races i've been on the road i've chose to be on the road some of those years that i could have flown in and out um personally for me i enjoy it you know sometimes flying back and forth from bc each week for two or three days at home and then back again you just taxi yourself out just being tired jet lag time changes where we're on the road you kind of just float through it and You relax, you actually relax for a day or two usually, and then you can kind of get going again. Um, So I don't know. I've been on both sides, and there is ups to both sides, I do believe.
1: Yeah. So... Uh, let's talk about the current squad. Um, we'll step back kind of before the year. Tyler Gibbs is going to be a part of it, and it, it sort of uh, uh, went in a different direction. Um, obviously, every you know, both parties, I think, are... are you know I don't think there's any animosity. Even myself, I'm in the middle of a lot of social circles, and there hasn't been like, oh, fuck him or fuck them or anything like that, which is super cool. It's just one of them things. Uh, so Sam Gaynor fills in, and then, of course, Danny Elmore. You, you piece him together during the winter. Um, I'll start with uh, Gainer. You guys have had an, a really long-term relationship back to sort of amateur when you were doing his bikes, um, and then he kind of joined the OTSF team, and you brought him into the new TLD Gas Gas SSR squad, and it went kind of sideways, and then all of a sudden now he's found a second sort of version of himself with you again. It's it's a pretty, it's a if for kind of a lame word, it's a beautiful little story going on right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, him and Jeff have, and the family have done a lot for myself and the team. I mean, they've been there since day one of the startup. Jeff was a part of it basically right from the get-go. Uh, basically, as soon as I knew, Sam was notified, and he was pretty much on board. Jeff comes to the shop, comes to the house, works, stays on the road. And even with Sam saying he wasn't going to race this year, Jeff was committed to coming out and doing this again with us Um, and that's pretty cool to see I mean Jeff's got a big passion himself but just know that when his kid wasn't planning to race he was still willing to come do it all it was pretty cool
1: yeah I I mean the the family thickness of passion for the sport's unreal Um, has he kind of surprised you this year like I mean obviously the two stroke thing he's very good at riding um, the the two stroke he's got a, um, a gift if you will but oh man, the last, especially last weekend. Uh, obviously, the whole weekend was great for the team. But he's like, he's kind. I feel like he's finding another gear within himself. And I don't know if you're noticing that or you're surprised, but I'm a bit surprised because I think the. The, the resume on it was sort of this bit of, of mental weakness and he you know, couldn't figure it out on race day kind of thing, but so gifted away from it. And then he takes a little bit of time away, or not even really time away, just to step back like a Calvin Benoit. And he looks like a whole damn new person, man, and he's he's legit as hell right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he surprised me really at, in Edmonton. That is his... He doesn't really have a care to ride Supercross anymore, and we obviously showed up there. It was, you know, the most technical Supercross originally we had ever seen until they knocked it down. And even then, it, you know, the Supercross portion of it was just, you know, he was just wanting to get out of there in one piece. And we get to round two, and he ended up coming out of there with a pretty good result. And then we struggled a little bit round two and three. Um, But in saying that, I think. He just was kind of finding his groove, and then we got the golfer Sam's in shape. He works every day in the heat. He's building like that's kind of his thing. He just likes to likes to suffer. And he got the golfer and went one one in the premix, and then went out and did well in the in the 250 class. And he's kind of just finding his pace now and his stride. And it's, I'm looking forward to seeing where he'll be at Walton. You know, he came in. Well, it's pretty much unprepared. Ready. Yeah, wasn't expecting to do all of this. He was going to come to Calgary. I was going to take a bike out for him. He was going to ride the 450 class. He was going to do a couple on the East Coast, but to be, he was not at the point where he was ready to go at round one. So he's just been picking it off and rides through the week. Works every day from seven to four, and maybe later some days, and flies in and out. So or drives. I mean, he's, he drove, uh, he left, Saturday, what he drive? Saturday morning to Sandalee. Um, drove home Sunday night. He's flying out to Moncton here Saturday morning. He flies home at 5 a.m. Monday morning and starts work at noon on Monday again. So, um, he's just putting in the work and he's enjoying the riding again. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to see where he ends up here at Wolf.
1: Uh, Let's move over to the next, man. Uh, obviously, hits the podium for you. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of drawing a bit of a blank. Did Blackwell, or sorry, Blackmore get a, a podium last year? I think he got like a moto, but not an overall, right?
0: Yeah, so we had the incident in Lee, and then he came out to Moncton here and actually ran, I think he led eight laps or so. Right. Um, and then ended up third in the first moto and then just was heat exhausted and still a little effect from the Sandeli incident um, I think mean, he went like 3-9 or something like that so he didn't actually hit the box on the day but he did get a moto moto podium last year
1: so this is your first overall podium as the new TLD side team a part of things
0: yeah yeah. yeah. Um, um, so Cody doubts me in that night um, he's TLD Canada and he was pompous I mean I didn't even think of this like it's been over a decade since TLD's been on the podium in a 450 class in Canada so he was talking it was back uh Colt days when he was in the TLD gear oh
1: wow yeah back what 2014
0: yeah something like that so yeah uh, he said it was about a decade or so um he didn't know for sure but it's been a long time so it was pretty cool for them to get that and to be a part of it
1: yeah, that would have been 2014. I'll remember it vividly because I did the Team Canada thing that year, and Colton okay. more K- Colton Moore TLD that year. He won the championship, obviously. So whatever the last podium he would have got that year would have been the one. Um, so we could have been just short of a decade. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's uh, yeah. No, I love stats. That's a good stat right there. Um, let's so let's get into this kid like. At what point do you decide to give him a call? I know you got good relationships at Club MX through Phil and the boys, and used to work there and all that kind of stuff. He's down there, Danny Elmore's down there training, and you have to kind of find a rider. There's all these talks of like, big name 450 guys and, and, and you know the Bogles and, and Freddie Norns and these mix and every stuff and I don't know who you who you <clears throat> ended up having conversations with but you come to a deal with Daniel Elmore and uh, like how? Like how did that kind of make sense for you um, in February-ish or whenever it happened?
0: Yeah, I've, I've been in touch with Danny now for three years on and off. Um, we've talked preseason, we've talked after Supercrosses Um honestly i don't know why it just never happened um so this year kind of came together i called courtney um i had heard some good stuff about him early on there when he went down the club um basically called courtney because she was the one that was going to support him and everything was going through her and i asked her again about it and she was you know obviously disappointed to give danny up but she wanted to see danny Progress and move along so she gave me the green light to call him and um i called him and he was happy to hear from me and like you said in his interview like what do you think he was calling for yeah <laughs> you know we talked a little bit and he's like well i gotta call courtney and i said well i talked to her it's okay but i want you to you know call her and make sure everything that was said is good and he called me back i don't know if it's the same day or the next day and Basically, I had a bike down the club basically the next week for him, and I went down and we did a little bit of stuff that week, and then I went back down about a month later, and we did some more stuff, testing and just kind of going over stuff with him. And then uh, he came up from club just before the Nationals. We tried to ride Auburn, but got rained out. Um, He drove home and then ended up flying back we ended up meeting on that round one uh, in, Ed- in Edmonton, so um, it's kind of just how it worked out. He was okay with being on the road, um, so it all fell into place.
1: I feel like that's the, I don't know if it's a gift you have, but you have a, the ability to make a comfortable setting where it might not seem comfortable for others because of the way it's set up, you know living on the road and the trailers and your mom cooking dinners and you're doing laundry in the river, maybe or you know those kind of things like it's it's cool to see this work out because obviously last year he was sort of like this privateer hero, um, and then for it to kind of bond the way it is um, it, does it do you get a feeling of like especially after this weekend, did you get this feeling of like Man, fuck! That's a I, I made a really good decision, or this was just this. I really feel good about what we've done here. Like it was, did you ever, did you take a moment and sort of relish in that at all?
0: Yeah, I mean, when I seen him at club, it was good. I seen him a second time at club, and I mean, I know where those some of those guys sit down there, and I know where his base was. Benoit was down there, and then I always get updates from the guys at club about the guys down riding there, so. I had a good feeling prior to the season I knew he was going faster than he had last year he said he was more comfortable than he was last year all that kind of stuff so it was good and then I seen him riding at home when or back at my place when he came back up from club and I was really eager to see him actually race at Auburn that would have been nice to see but I, we didn't get to see that um, and then he did another practice day at home and then he left um, then round one you know just kind of the jitters and it wasn't same thing with Danny. It's not He's not really a Supercross specialist. So um, he just wanted to get in there, get out of there in one piece, and move on to round two. Um, and then, I mean, Gopher was kind of the really big one for me. He showed up at Gopher, ended up on his head four corners in in the first moto, yeah. first corner, second moto, and just put a hammer down. And just, I was... I was happy to see how he rode, but I was disappointed for him that he ended up on the ground because he didn't end up where he deserved to be at the end of the moto, if that makes sense.
1: So yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It was it was cool. Like, he just, you know, it was put his head down, picked himself up, and just rode for 34 minutes as fast as he could go. Um, and it was pretty cool. Like, I went back and looked at moto's lap times at the end, and he did seven laps in the middle of moto two, that were less than half a second from each other. Um, and that's pretty crazy when you look at that track at the end of the day. It yeah. goes seven laps in a row in like .2, .1, .3, .4, .2 off was the best lap from those seven. Um, and that's where he really dug deep and, and made a lot of passes. So
1: I feel like uh, there's no doubt that whether it's heart or in shape, he's he's got both of them.
0: He definitely is both. I mean, he's a, he's known as the quiet kid around here, and he's definitely a quiet kid. But when he puts his helmet on, it's you know there's a heart in there that wants to do better each week and each moto, and it's uh, it's pretty cool to see that in a kid today.
1: Um, let's talk longevity uh in here obviously every year things are changing and uh, i did i had this question kind of with brett lee and right because he's just getting into it now with this whole walton team and and you've been around a long time you know what the budgets are you know what the money is and where the sponsors are kind of going and what they're thinking um are you in this for the long haul is it something that you have a, 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 a concern with or are you comfortable with everything um because now I like uh, like I said in the Brett interview they got a rig. Uh, KT just bought a rig. Uh, Alex Parker, he just got a new rig. The KTM factory team, obviously they're probably not going anywhere. Like when I look from the outside in right now, it looks very comfortable and and, and full of strength as far as team unity. Yes, the series always is a bit up and down and, and uh, we can get into that next, but are you where do you where do you see the next 2 years, 2 to 5 years going? With you and sponsorships and like that, because again, the, the the way that you're sitting, it's it's pretty damn impressive, and it's got a great storyline to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've started talks again for 2024 already. Um, I've reached out to some of the major ones. Your
1: mom just fucking rolled her eyes somewhere at the track. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so I mean, I've started to move forward for 24. Um, I like to get on the ball and get ahead of things and just at least touch base and start now. Um, and then by the time Walton comes you know I'll have a really good idea where things are going to plan out to be or really plan to be September at the beginning of September 424. Um, so at this point, as far as I know, we're going racing again and um, that's what all I can say is you know I'm always looking for sponsors and stuff, but um, at this point, i believe the people that are backing me big time right now are back for 24 and um that's all i can ask for really
1: um maybe not quickly but i know you had a real big crash last fall uh life threatening steve like it was a a very questionable thing uh just a a, a random accident um how's how's health life right now i mean uh, i see you at the track you're looking great and you're riding again and stuff like that but how's the health and everything
0: yeah, no, it was a pretty freak thing. I mean, I don't know if I still, to this day, have grasped how bad it actually was. I don't know if I really want to know that. Um, but yeah, it was pretty questionable there for about five weeks, four weeks. The first two weeks were pretty bad. Um, from recovery standpoint, I mean, I'm probably about 95, and that's probably about where I'm going to be. A um, couple little things still bug me here and there, but... Um, you know I'm back on a bike doing everything I want to do so I mean I can't really ask for much more
1: how's the 30B title maybe looking are you you able to bring that home again this year Uh,
0: I don't think it's going to (laughs) come
1: dude you've created an animal
0: yeah yeah Uh,
1: (laughs) you've created a class full of animals now
0: it is it's, it's pretty wild I mean I got bagged on pretty early there about stuff and you and I have had lots of conversations and Brett and a few other people about it all and how to get me out of it. But, I mean, at the end of the day now, it's a pretty pretty crazy class. I mean, almost every AMO race, those, those races become one of the better ones to watch. Yeah. Finish within seconds of each other. Uh, the Transcan, I think for the last three or four years, have all come down to last moto You know one point two points between the top three guys so yeah (laughs) it's a pretty cool thing um, that came out of really nothing um, what was it six years ago now
1: yeah 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 Yeah, pretty neat for sure
0: first time I signed up for that class was um, I was working with OTSF uh, Dylan Epstein and those guys were there and I literally packed my bike into the trailer i had no numbers on it and i said if i had time between doing tire changes and retail sales and helping racers i would throw you know go sign up and line up and it just happened that i won that year um we made i think we had some dylan epstein 38s and no seven and we had um Tim Trombley. Trombley, Yeah,
1: Trombley was 38.
0: That's where my new 738 number came from. I was 998 for the longest time. I didn't even have graphics on my bike when I went there that week. Um, And those guys cobbled it together, and that's kind of where the number came from again.
1: That's funny. I don't think I've ever asked you that. I never knew that, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, my somebody scooped my number, and I couldn't get it anymore, and they just, we got a 7 and we got a 38 greasy George cobbled it together in my number plates and we
1: went racing. <laughs> That's amazing. I totally didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh but quickly before I kinda let you go, um, do you now that we are only uh six motors left, Moncton, De Walton, as far as the outdoor series goes, is there another goal to reach or have you guys peaked this year, um, as far as like, wow, we've made it and let's just try to maintain it, or is there something left that you want to do?
0: I mean, I always like to think that each weekend we have things we can improve on, whether it's bikes, you know, rider stuff, whatever it is. like believe that we can still make steps each weekend. So, um, you know, things fell into place for us last weekend where, like I said, at Gopher, Danny rode incredibly well and it just didn't work out for him. The end result wasn't where he should have been. Um, so last week it was kind of nice to see that he put his head down and kept digging and, um, it paid off for him. So, you know, Sam goes back to work each week, rides, grinds, comes out ready to ride each weekend and does four motos every weekend now. So, um, you know, Sam's eager to keep building and, you know, work into that top five. And Danny, I know, wants to keep pushing to that podium. So it's nice to have two guys that have a drive as hard as I do to try and improve each week. Do
1: you like the movie Rocky?
0: I really have never, ever watched the full movie, so I'm not a big movie guy. <laughs>
1: um, I just feel like the way that the team is, you're like this Rocky, you're kind of like the underdog, what people want you to do good, and then the boys this weekend done good, so everybody gets this like uplifting spirit thing, and that's what Rocky did in the movies, and I, I, it's it's a cool thing you got going, Steve, so I think you should be very proud, you know, I don't want to get off the phone, or I know your mom always probably is very proud, because that's what moms do, but... When you're just sitting by yourself, you should be able to reach back and blow your shoulder or give yourself a pat on the back, creating what you've done, and I, it was cool this weekend, and I'm not just doing this interview because of the weekend, it just helps obviously, but it's kind of, it's a cool story here in Canadian Motor right now, and uh, hopefully it continues before you head into Moncton.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, we're definitely the underdog in the pits, I mean, you look around, and like you said, everybody has these fancy big rigs, and big trailers, and big awnings, but I mean, at the end of the day, KT won a lot of championships in a trailer, very similar to what I have. Um, I put my biggest effort and time and money into building bikes and trying to keep running and giving them the best bikes I can build for them. And I feel like my pit setup is good enough for what we need. And as long as the bikes and the riders have what they need under that, um, it's kind of where it's at. I mean, I would love a big truck and trailer myself, but it's really not needed here. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where we sit. I mean, it's KT did it for us uh, six, seven, maybe eight years or longer out of the same tr- kind of trailer. One championship's no problem. So, you know, with every new big shiny thing, there's a lot more problems to come with it. So uh, with my camper and the trailer and truck that we have now, I think between the two trucks that I have, it's a pretty decent setup. Um, Fridges, campers, sleepers, all that stuff, parts inventory, and we have what we need.
1: Well, thanks again to KTM, Gas Gas, Husqvarna Canada, uh, Charlie Johnson Racing Suspension and Race Tech Suspension for bringing you the manager check-in this week with the TLD Gas Gas SSR team manager, Steve Sins. You are truly a modern day David versus Goliath team right now in the Canadian pits. Congrats on a great weekend. I wish you good luck. I'll see you in probably, oh, 24 hours-ish over at Riverglade. And um, I'm coming. I, I want your mom to cook me dinner one night. I feel like you guys have some really good dinners.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, we have a lot of good too. <laughs> yeah, before we get off, I need to, there's a few people I need to... Let her be, yeah, You know, Mom sticking by me for everything. She cooks meals, does breakfast, everything, just laundry. She's got it hanging up everywhere here for everyone. Um, you know, Jeff Gaynor that's always hung by us and puts his best foot forward every weekend. Um, Yuri Mildner... You know he continues to come out not really sure why but he keeps coming out and putting in all the work for us and then uh, Cody Swansboro from TLD uh, JSR, Allison, Adrian, all those guys, Matt from uh, Gas Gas or KTM whoever you want to lay it out there and um, all the guys that have continued to support me, supported me while I was hurt you included, um, raffling off bikes and helping with some bills and All that good stuff. So I can't thank everybody enough that's behind the team and continues to support us.
1: You're a good egg, Stevie. You're a good egg, buddy. We'll see you in a few hours.
0: All right, sounds good. Thank you.